This message is brought to you by Emergence, a platform through which God is preserving and equipping a generation in the last days. Be blessed as you listen. Yekiana namasuga parate kadosi fra abadena nosa jegedegeleven nekatali vorogodos kobra atash kefis kopa rate kadianos pray loud pray fast i sense in my spirit that tonight god will be god actually wants to impact us with grace to do grace to do farabina sukre pa 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 Je ekeli ini 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 super paliste egre ene enge enge no sa ina nege gelege go 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 so bo 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 ira subre egele palie shi galabaha ropo po 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 skobra atashke pa 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 re eske pra ashtele kadeske pa ashte roska pela nashtele kebaha. Rope pa 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 le kaya sove ifre eka stolo fali stele pa yalande eshiga la balaka togo lo belegedi ba 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 haraba haya woohoo radena subre de le bahaya jakata la bado subre di la baha rapa pa 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 li shekra baskete rapa tizo ripa pa la shala kia jakete kete le bakate le boloko tokoto lo belegedia rapa kata la palakati palakati rapakati la palakati la palakati la palakati rapakati la palakati la palakati la palakati rapakata la palikata la palikata la palikati rapakata kata la palikata kata la palikata ay ay Maraboshe Fradoska Parabababasilo Kaya Namande Ropapaliashtembrada Kaelabasu Ropokoteli Parakati Porokoti Parakati Porokote Repapapapalikoto Pekete Peketopo Popopito Pokotopolokote Come on, just lift up your hands. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, send your word into my spirit. I make myself ready in humility. I make myself ready in humility. Lord, impart me with grace to do. Oh God, thank you for tonight. Thank you because by the reason of what you're about to show us tonight and tell us, Aya, Abarana Subre Eskatafina Stegri Anande. Oh Lord of hosts, that in the name of Jesus we will become true stewards of the grace of God will become true stewards of the grace of God, who heaven is real to. Heaven is more real to us than even the earth. The rewards in heaven is more real to us than the pleasure on the earth. That Father, in the name of Jesus, from tonight, we begin to, to, to get closer and closer in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you are seeing all our sacrifices and we would even sacrifice more and more. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Imagine day six. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter nine, verse one. Oh, Vradaliko Pastele Paya Dabasa. Oh, Father, we bless you. 
Daniel chapter 9 from verse 1. Tonight's message might not be so long, but I tell you it, it, would, it, it would be one of the deepest messages, permit me for lack of better words, that we would preach at least from day one up until now. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of, of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jerus- Jer- Jeremiah the what? The prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord, the Lord God, to make requests by prayer and supplications with fastings, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keeps his commandments. Hallelujah. The simple topic of what I'm about to talk to you tonight about um, talk to you about tonight is intercession. Intercession. Ah. Uh, The ministry of intercession as we know it is when a person prays on behalf of another person, right? When I'm making prayers to God, but not for myself, for another person, it's called what? Intercession. Now, when you read Ephesians 4, Ephesians 6 rather, verse 18, it says, praying always. With all prayer and supplication for all saints, watching thereunto with praying always all prayer and supplication, and watching thereunto with all perseverance for what for all saints. Now let's even read it, and I want to show you something. We'll start from Ephesians. Oh Father, we bless your name. Holy Spirit, I ask for words to articulate the things in my spirit tonight. Oh, let your anointing come on this body, come on this flesh, for oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your hand upon us. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watching to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. KJV, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for who? For all saints. Now, a person might read this verse and say that intercession is not mentioned here. Right? But actually, I want to submit to you that this verse right here actually talks about intercession. And, see, I have a note tonight, but 
I sense that to really communicate the things that the Holy Spirit has for me, my notes better be a supplement and not the real thing. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for, the, for, the, for all sins. What is he saying? He's saying that the prayer you are praying is for all who all saints, making it a prayer of what? Intercession. But an effective prayer of intercession has to be done in supplication. Oh, Lord, help us. Let me explain something to you. Yeah, we've read books on, on prayer, and we've heard the prayer of supplication, the prayer of intercession, the prayer of faith, the prayer of worship. Which other one is there? the prayer of agreement and all of those things. You see, those prayers are types of prayer, but really sometimes they are interwoven. If you and I, we join our faith together and we pray for somebody else, it's a prayer of agreement, but it's still intercession in faith. Do you know what I'm saying? If I make a declaration, just once. And that's what we call the prayer of faith sometimes. You just make a declaration and you're not going to pray about it again. Anytime you remember, you just worship God for it. And if I do that there and I'm doing it for somebody else, it's still a prayer of faith, but it's still an intercession if the definition of intercession is praying for others, right? There's a prayer of request, right? So when I said that the prayer of intercession, if it will be effective, has to be done in supplication, then I have, I have to give you the definition of what supplication is. This is what the prayer of supplication means. The prayer of supplication is that you stay there, you keep praying, you keep praying until you know that it is done. What people often call pray until something happens. That's the basic definition of the prayer of supplication. Now you have to be careful. When you are saying pray until something happens, are you saying in the physical or in the spiritual? Because the Bible says that uh, you should not be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. In other words, sometimes you might be praying and praying and praying, and you will know that the answer has been released to you, but you're not seeing it in the physical. The, the next thing you should do as a faith person is to start worshiping God and thanking God for it. You might have known, you might be praying, 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 and you're expecting something to first of all change in the physical. That's not faith. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. If you want to quote it well, we walk by faith and not by physical sight. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you are saying pray until something happens, are you saying pray until something happens in your spirit or pray until I see it with my eyes like doubting Thomas? Does somebody understand what I'm saying? The prayer of supplication is a kind of prayer that you stay there until you know that your prayer is answered. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Elijah, a man of like passion, was praying. He told his, uh, his follower, go and check. He said, no, he went back there. How many times did he go? Seven times. That's a picture and a typology of what the prayer of supplication is. So you keep going there until it is done. Do we get? So not all, not all situations, you, the prayer of faith is not applicable to all situations. Do you understand? The prayer of uh, the prayer of request is not applicable. 
The prayer of casting your cares. There's one they call the prayer of casting your cares. It's not applicable in all situations. There are some situations that you will stay there and you will keep praying and keep praying, whether it's a week, whether it's a year. The fact that you keep on praying and praying and praying alone means you have faith. Do we understand? Because faith does not give up. Yeah. What does he say here? He says, in what? In perseverance. Do we understand? That's what supplication. Supplication means to supply. It's from the word supply. So what it means is that you are supplying the prayers until that thing is done. Do we understand? There's something they call the prayer of, uh, of um, consecration too. Not all situations, not, the prayer of consecration is not, is, not, is not applicable in all situations. Now, all that on one hand, we said that the prayer of intercession is praying for somebody else. Now, because it's a prayer of intercession and you're praying it for somebody else, many times and 90% of the time, the prayer of supplication for it to work has to be done in supplication. In other words, if, uh, if somebody in my family is not born again and is the black sheep of the family, if I want to pray that Lord get this person saved or there is, there's something in my society that is not God's will, and it's not God's will. And I want to pray that, Lord, let this thing just change. I want to pray for that situation there. But it's not something that I can just go on my knees and pray five minutes and it's done. Do you understand? That kind of prayer is intercession. But it must be done in supplication. So Paul says, pray for all saints in what? Supplication. Somebody understand what I'm saying? Let's read it again. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Notice he said all prayer. If you read it in the NLT, another translation, you see all kinds of prayer. So the prayer of faith is included. The prayer of, uh, the prayer of faith is included. The prayer of uh, intercession is included. The prayer of agreement is included. But he now said and supplication. So he said all kinds of prayer, but he held supplication and brought it out. For it to know that many times the kinds of prayer that we're talking about has to be done in supplication. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, there are times when you see certain situations in your life, you speak it the way Jesus Christ says we should speak to mountains. Mark 11, 23. But it's not always applicable. Do we understand? Do we understand what I'm saying? So it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit means you continue doing it in the spirit. Oh my God. And watching thereunto with all perseverance. In other words, stay on your guard in perseverance. What does it mean to persevere? To keep on keeping on. Okay? And supplication for all saints. That's intercession mixed up in supplication. Somebody understand what I'm saying? To intercede is to plead on somebody else's behalf. To intercede is to act as a mediator in a dispute to arbitrate or mediate. So when I want to intercede for somebody, that means there's something I have seen that is not right whether by divine revelation or by natural calculation. Do we understand what I'm saying? So, 
we are saying intercession, intercession, and I'll show you how it relates to the last days. And let me just say something quickly. From day one, we started talking about the, the uh, false teachers, right? Day two, day three, day four, up until yesterday. We talked about maturity and how it relates to false teachers. Let me just tell you that we are wrapping up the equipping part, part of this whole message. We talked about how to equip ourselves against false teachers, right? And then we said there are certain things God would have us know for that move that he wants to pour out on us. This here is one of the major keys that ties both the equipping and the preserving. Do we get? It ties both. It is linked to the two, and I'll show you. Do we get? Because Paul says what? You should pray for all saints, including the ones that are getting deceived. Do we understand? Including the ones that are getting deceived by who? False teachers. So the word intercession is a word in scripture that describes a type of prayer done on another person's behalf, but the full scope of intercession does not end there. <laughs> intercession is prayer, but intercession does not always end at prayer. And I'll show you. Now, I don't want people to get this out of context. Yes, intercession is prayer, praying for other people, but I'll show you something in scripture. You see, if somebody is sinning, We'll read our Bibles. I'll show you things. See, when somebody is sinning and sinning and sinning, what saves that person is not really, really your prayer. Get this. Would you pray for the person? Yes. But what will save that person from the judgment of God is that the person turns from his sin. Eventually. Because the wages of sin is what? Death. So when you are praying... What God will do through your prayers is to now kickstart events on the earth that would eventually cause that person to turn from his sin. Then he can be saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you are praying for children on the street. Lord, provide for them, provide for them. Get them homes, get them homes, get them homes, get them schools and food. When you start praying, what will feed those children is not your talking in your room. It is that through your prayers... God will now instigate activities on the earth that will feed those children. Do we understand what I'm saying? Do we get? Now, intercession is to pray God's will into the earth like any other prayer. So it is not... So it is not begging God. Intercession is to pray God's will, just like every other kind of prayer. It's to pray God's will. The first principle of prayer that we are always taught is that it has to be according to what? God's will. So also is intercession. So intercession, like most people see it, is not begging God. Lord, don't destroy them. Father, don't destroy them. Ah, please, Lord, don't destroy them. That's not intercession. Sounds like it, but really not it. Do we understand? Let's quickly, now let's go to the, there's, a, there's always a go-to scripture, right? So when you are talking about intercession, everybody knows the go-to scripture. It is Ezekiel 22, what? 30. <laughs> Ezekiel 22. It's the go-to scripture. But let's see something here, and this is what I was talking to you about the other time. And you will, 
I pray in the name of Jesus that something would happen to you here that will radicalize you. Hallelujah. Ezekiel. Prophet Ezekiel. Chapter 22. Verse 30. So it says this. Let's read from verse 28. It says, Our prophets plaster them with untempered mortar seeing false visions and divining lies for them. Saying thus, saying, thus says the Lord God, when the Lord hath not what spoken. The people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy. And they wrongfully oppressed what? The stranger. Now, we, we, we don't have enough time to read this whole chapter from verse 1. But these two chapters, I mean, these two verses that we've read, first of all, is a continuation of what he has been saying from verse 1. And what was he saying? He was listing all the evil that the children of Israel had committed that would warrant that God would lead them into what? Captivity. Huh? Now, what you need to understand about God is that God is a just judge and at the same time is a merciful God. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is merciful but in his mercy, he is just. God's mercy and God's judgment don't even mix. Yet they work hand in hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God is just. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.10, God is just. In that, he would not forget your works of righteousness. Do you understand? Now, we've seen all the evil that these people have done. That warrants that the, the, the judgment of God, the just judgment of God, takes them into captivity. Because why? The wages of sin is what? Death. Notice he calls it wages. The Bible says to a workman, a workman is what? Worthy of his what? Wages. But the Bible, that verse, it says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Everlasting life. He didn't say that the wages of sin is death and the wages of God is everlasting life or the wages of righteousness is everlasting life. The fact that you sin means that God is obligated to punish you. But the righteousness that we enjoy is not a wage, it's a gift. So God's word says that wages is something that if you work for me or you do something that warrants you wages, if I don't give you, then God has to punish me himself. Then I'm at fault. So if God does not punish a sinner, he himself is disobeying his word. But at the same time, God is merciful. Are you following what I'm saying? So, in the justness of God's judgment, he still tries to help a sinner. You will see what I'm saying now. So, God has listed all their sins. So, now, verse 30. So, see 29. It says, the people of the land have used oppressions. 29. Committed robbery. Mistreated the poor and needy. And they have wrongfully oppressed strangers. The children of Israel has done all kinds of evil things. 39 says, so I sought for a man among them. Who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land? Listen to this. The people of the children of Israel have done all kinds of evil. They've sinned against God. But God says, I don't want to destroy them, so I'm looking for one person. Do you get what I'm saying? 
God's justness in judgment, God's justice in judgment needs to punish those people. But God is saying that if there's somebody on the earth that I can find, though I need to punish them, I don't want to punish them. You see this? He says, he said, upon all these evil things that they've done, I'm looking for one person. Do you understand? That would make up the edge and what? Bridge the gap. So God is saying that I need to punish these people because the wages of sin is death. But yet, I don't want to. Listen to this. If you go to a courtroom and then they bring somebody and say, this person has committed murder. Murder, rather. And then the criminal gets to the courtroom and then the judge he sees is his father. And then that father sees his son. Take it that it's a country where everything is working right. The judiciary system is working right. That judge, according to his office as a judge, based on his office as a judge, needs to pronounce judgment on that criminal as a judge. But as a father, he doesn't want to. So what he would do in that situation is that as he's pronouncing the judgment, he might be crying, but he needs to pronounce that judgment. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's why you see that when sinners are dying and going to hell, they might be dying and going to hell based on God's judgment, but God really does not want them to go to hell. That's why the Bible says that God does not want any man to what? Perish, but to come to the what? The knowledge of the truth. But are people still going to hell? Yes. God does not want to, but God has to. You see the mercy of God. Why do you think Jesus Christ came to die? It's the mercy of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God says that the children of Israel has done all kinds of evil things. Thirty says, so I sought a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not, you see this? He says what? That I should not destroy it. Do we understand? God needs to destroy it, but he does not want to destroy it. He does not desire to destroy it. Are you seeing the ministry of... So intercession is not begging God, sir. Intercession is that, take for instance, if somebody here wants to pray for these people, he's not saying, Lord, please don't destroy them. God says, I don't even want to destroy them in the first place. God says, pray my will. Pray that activities begin to happen on the earth realm that would eventually cause these people to turn to me and repent. Then the Bible... Now says if somebody repents, God does not want to what? Because the law... You see, this thing, the Bible is, is such that even God cannot disobey it. If a sinner repents, then God cannot punish. Because Isaiah 55, verse 7 says, Let the unrighteous man forsake his ways and turn to our God. For he will what? Abundantly pardon. So the condition is that that wicked man turn to God. So God is saying that when I need you to intercede, I'm not saying you should beg me. I'm saying that there are some things that need to happen on the earth realm, but I need somebody to pray. Do you understand? So when you begin to pray, through your prayers, God begins to make things happen on the earth, activities that would make those people eventually turn from their wicked ways. Because praying is not going to do the job. What will get them saved is that they turn. 
Do you understand? So God might now think, okay, through your prayers, what I'll do is this. I'll raise an evangelist and I'll pour my spirit upon him so much. And I'll just send him. So that's no more injustice. That's God following his word. Does somebody understand what I'm saying? So people are praying prayers of intercession and they're saying, Lord, don't destroy them. God says, I don't even want to. Because God does not want any sinner to what? Perish. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not what? Perish. Do you see, do, do you see this? I'm getting somewhere. To make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. This is the only sad thing about this scripture here. If God had found somebody, it should have been recorded. Do you understand? He says, I found no one. How many of you remember uh, Abraham and, and God? Let's just say God. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. What did God say? If I find 100 righteous people, God did not find. He reduced it to, was it 50, then 40, then 30? Abraham stopped at what? Five. Do you know why God was looking for righteous people? Do you know why God was looking for righteous people? You know, I thought that Abraham that was standing beside him was righteous. Isn't it? Why didn't God just use Abraham? Or why, what, what are you looking for righteous people for? Look at me. God said, I am looking for somebody from among them. Read this verse again. Read verse 30. So I sought for a man among who? Among them. When God wants to save a people, when God is looking, when people are interceding, God needs a righteous people from among them. You know why? Because you remember I said that your prayer is not going to save the people. What will eventually save the people is that they turn. Now, I'm just using sin as an example. I'm going to go into other things. It's not only sinners we pray prayer of intercessions for. We pray prayer of intercessions for Christians too. Paul said you should pray this prayer for all saints. And we'll go very soon to Romans 8. Are you understanding what I'm saying? What God needed in that story of him and Abraham was that if God had found even one person in Sodom and Gomorrah, that person would have been a prophet and a messenger of God in Sodom and Gomorrah. Then God would have taken his message to them. Because even at that, prayer of supplication does not make God force people. What would happen is just that God will make activities happen. Do you see this? That even when God wanted to save the whole world, he sent his son Jesus to die for us. But at the end of the day, we still have a choice to either believe him or not. Do you get this? He said, life and death, I do what? Said before you. But I advise you, pick life. So even in interceding, but God in his infinite wisdom and knowledge knows how to bring those activities together. That eventually, because the Bible says he created us, he knows our reins and thoughts. So God knows the kind of men he has created. So when you are praying your prayer of intercession, God begins to make activities happen on the, uh, on the face of the earth. That's why I said intercession does not stop at what? Prayer. And I'll show you. 
It doesn't stop our prayer. <laughs> so when Jesus Christ came to the earth, he prayed for man. If you read John 17, John 17 right there is Jesus Christ's prayer for his disciples and every other person that will believe after him. But he still had to die. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That death in itself, that, that, that event in itself is intercession. Do you understand what I'm saying? That death in itself is not See this. He says, so I sought for a man among them who will make a wall. Hmm? And stand in the gap before me on behalf of the people. What does that mean? To make a wall means that you first stop the activities of the enemy. What does the Bible say? It says when the enemy comes against us like a flood, the spirit of the Lord was raised a standard. To first make a wall, what does the Bible say about Nehemiah? It said he went to rebuild the walls of Israel. So what it means is that ordinances and, and things that have been broken, that have been spot, activities that have been that are now being trivialized, God first re- begins to make those things work again. Then, oh my God, he now says that you now stand in the gap. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you now bring the people back to where they used to be. Do you understand? Now, that standing in the gap there is the activity part of it. And I'll show you. Now, when we are mentioning intercession, activity is not always, is not even the first thing to do. The activity only comes in when God says this is the activity. And the funny thing about intercession is that one person might be at the backside praying all the prayers, but one person might also be in front working on the miracles. Do you understand? So, the thing about intercession is that the person that is on his knees, praying and praying, should not feel like he's better than the guy in front who is healing and preaching. And the guy in front who should not feel like the person praying at the backside is not doing anything. Because we all walk hand in hand. Do you get what I'm saying? So the person that is kneeling down and praying the prayer of intercession is an intercessor. The person outside too, making sacrifices to preach and evangelize, is also an intercessor. Why? He's making up the gap. This person is bridging the wall. He's building the walls. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's move on. So God didn't want to destroy them, but he still had to because the wages of sin is still death. Get this. Intercession bets physical activities and operations. That's what intercession does. Notice the Bible tells us of Simeon and Miriam that were praying for Jesus Christ to be born. You see, those people could have been praying and praying and praying and then, and then the children of Israel just get saved magically. God doesn't do that. What would happen is still that an activity will happen. Do you get this? So what their prayer betted was the bet of a Messiah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know that intercessions bet churches? Intercession bets missions. People that go on missionary trips. It's intercession that bets it, and I'm getting into the real message now. Oh my God, oh my God. Great moves of the spirit and revivals are betted by intercession. Look at me. 
Churches are bettered by intercession. Have you not heard of great churches in deep villages? Thick villages, those things are bettered by intercession. One of the first things you do is that you get on your knees and you start praying for the village. So God can either tell you, okay, you that you are praying, go there. Or through your prayers, God raises somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to be intercessors who will be on our knees and also go out to be, medi- to be a mediator. Now, let me tell you what I'm, where I'm really getting to. We started emergence by saying that there is a coming move of God, right? And, uh, <laughs> and God, God is pouring out his, his spirit on the body of Christ. But can I shock you? If we don't pray, it's not going to happen. Do you understand? Now go back to where we started from. Daniel 9. I hope somebody is following me carefully. Daniel 9. Hear me. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that I would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and what? Supplication. Was he praying for himself? Now listen. Daniel said this. He said he saw in the books. Which book? Book of Jeremiah, sir. The Jeremiah that we're reading, do you get? The prophecies of Jeremiah that had been documented, Daniel was reading. So let me, let me give you a background story. Daniel and his four friends were taken captive to Babylon 67 years before now. Before this time, that is reading this thing. What happened then was that Israel was sinning and sinning, and then the the uh, the abomination of desolation was committed. Just follow me. Today might not be the day I'll explain that. That prophecy we just read in Jeremiah that God said He was seeking for somebody among them, but He didn't find was what betted that captivity that they were taking to Babylon for. Do you get? God said they were sinning and sinning, but he didn't find anybody. That was what betted what happened to the children of Israel, that they were taken captive to Babylon. So Jeremiah had prophesied 67 years before when Daniel is reading this thing. Huh? But Daniel was a young guy when he was taken to Babylon and his friends. Now, this was what happened. Daniel rose to power in a foreign land. Now, God has said to Jeremiah that after 70 years, I will deliver these people. God said it through the prophecy of Jeremiah. So, it was God's will that he would deliver them after 70 years. Maybe they would have learned their lesson or they would have repented. I don't know. God is always just. Are you listening to me? But Daniel said, I read it by the book. So, revelation came. We've read it in scripture. We've had the revelation that God is pouring out the spirit in the last days. Similar to the book of Acts, but greater than the book of Acts. Daniel said, when I read it, I had to go and pray. 
Do you understand? So we can be shouting, God's move is coming, God's move is coming, but Daniel said, when I read it, I set my face, what? To pray. Prayer and what? Supplication. Let me tell you this. Let me give you, let me just give you a small, a little gist here. So, you would now ask me that who then prayed for the first move of the Holy Spirit that came? Who interceded? <laughs> it wasn't the apostles. Because the Bible didn't tell us that they were, okay, they were in the upper room praying, right? But let me tell you who did the job. Jesus. I will pray the Father send you another <laughs> Acts 2 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place. They were, were all with one accord in one place. There was no record of the fact that they were praying in the upper room. They were only waiting in one accord. What they did was, yes, they tarried, like I said to us, but the person that did the job was who? It was Jesus. But listen, Jesus is no more on the face of the earth. What I just told you now was the question I asked too. Who then prayed for what happened in the book of Acts? So it was Jesus. So Daniel said it was God's will that the children of Israel would be delivered after 70 years, but God still needed somebody to pray. Your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. Somebody has to pray it. So I shouting, the move is coming, the move is coming. God says, can you pray it? But you have to pray it in supplication. So you have to stay there, keep praying, and keep praying on a global level, sir. Every Christian must be involved in the ministry of intercession. What are we praying for? Lord, send your spirit. See, we might, we might all even be praying for different things, but God will route everything into one, this one activity that the Spirit is poured out like never before. Do you understand? So Daniel said that, he said, oh, I've, 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 I've left there. Daniel. Oh my God. He said, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the angel of I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord. Let me tell you, what happened here was that Daniel read this thing three years before the 70 years was accomplished. Hear me. This part, if you're going to do your calculations very well and read what was written there, this first year of Ahasuerus was three years before that 70 years was accomplished. That's why I told you Daniel was brought into Babylon 67 years ago. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you know that the prayers of Daniel sped up that thing? Yeah. The children of Israel came out three years before the prophecy. Let me tell you, if nobody had prayed, they would have stayed there more than 70 years. The children of Israel came out, the children of Israel came out of Babylon three years earlier. They came out of Egypt three years after. Have you not read in your Bible? God told Abraham that they will, they, will, they, will, they will be slave 
400 years. Go and read when they came out. It was 403 years after. What is it telling us? That God's will, oh my God, when you get down on your knees and pray, you can change things. So Christians in America might be saying, Lord, save us from LGBTQ, whatever. Christians in Nigeria might be praying, Lord, give us, give us something. Just give us this so that we can save our country. Christians in Asia might be praying, Lord, save us from persecution. Save us from persecution. But God will say, there's just one answer to every intercession from the face of the earth. I will pour out my spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we can't be praying for ourselves and ourselves alone. That's where I'm going. The last days are not days when you can be praying, God, give me a shoe. Lord, give me a phone. Lord, just give me. Just go. No, you have to pray. Intercession. Galatians 6.2. It said, bear each other's burden. And in so doing, you fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? It's the law of love. And what is the law of love? Mark 12.30. He said, one commandment I give unto you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. And the other one is like unto the other. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Out of this, all the law and prophets is fulfilled. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we are talking love, love really is that you bear another person's what? Burden. So what does that tell you? Intercession. Do you get? So if really we want to birth the things that God has told us as a body of Christ globally that would happen in the last days, we can't do those things asking for chocolate and meat. We have to do it on our knees, praying. Lord, just have mercy on this generation. Lord, just have mercy on this generation. In supplication and perseverance. Do you get? So in praying those prayers too, God will find an avenue to now sort and help Christians who are being deceived by false teachers. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Go to Romans 8. Now, this is also a scripture we always quote when we want to talk about praying in tongues. Go to Romans 8 and I'll show you what the real thing that Paul was talking about here. Oh my God. Whew. Are you getting blessed? Likewise, the spirit, read from verse, let's read from verse 18, so that we'll get it. Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present times, present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the, see, see this thing, for the earnest expectation of the creation, what is the creation? Nature, the earth. Right? Eagerly waits for the revealing. KJV says the manifestation of the sons of who? Of God. For the creation was subject to futility. Let me explain what this thing means. KJV says for, uh, for the creature was subjected to vanity, not willingly. Let me explain what it means. Look at me. So when God created the earth, the earth was not created in a way that if you put a wood, look at me. You know, if I put a wood here and leave it for, if I, if I leave it here, from the next second, it has started decaying. If you come back here a year after, that wood would have decayed. If I, if I put a fruit on this table 
and you leave it, what will happen to it? It will start decaying. The world at large is subject to decay, to vanity. Do you understand? God didn't create it that way. Where that thing came from was the sin of Adam. That is even the reason why we grow old. That message is not for today. The Bible says we will be saved from what? Death. I thought we were born again. I thought we were saved from death. There are two kinds of death, sir. Paul said, who will save me from this body of death? Your spirit is not... Oh, God, should I say this? To take our time. So I don't want to keep you in the dark. So I don't have to be... This is what it is. So when Adam sinned against God, God told him, you will surely die. Huh? The devil came. He said, you shall not surely die. What happened? He ate that fruit and he died. But Adam did not fall down on the ground. His spirit man died. Okay? But Adam died 700 and something years later. What happened? It took 700 and something years later for the life of God in his flesh to depreciate completely. Oh my God. Look at me, look at me. Get, get this. So, Adam died instantly in the spirit because he was separated from God. But he could still live that long because it took some time for that life of God to depreciate. So, Adam eventually died and the flesh of man is continually subject to futility. You get what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says that when Jesus Christ comes, 1 Corinthians 15, it says our body will be transformed. Glorified body. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why Paul says in Romans 8, um, Romans 7, the last verse, he says, who shall save me from this wretched body of what? Death. Do you get? So there is a second saving from death. It is that our flesh will no longer decay. So everything on the face of the earth, because our flesh is still physical. Do you get? That's why the Bible says, that's why it now goes down and says, even the spirit helpeth our what? Infirmity. Oh God. The infirmity is not in your spirit, it's in your flesh. Is, it, is this true? Are you getting this? So, he now says, he says, for the expectation of verse 20, for the creature was subject to vanity. That's what I just talked about. Not willingly. You see it? Oh my God. But by him who has subjected it in hope. Hope of what? Go to one. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from bondage. When will that happen? The new Jerusalem. The Bible says there will no longer be decay or death anymore. Do you get what I'm saying? There will be nothing like dust in the new Jerusalem because dust comes from decay. Are we not science students? Dust comes from decay. Let's go on. For the creature was made manifest. 21. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with bed pangs together until now. 23. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of what? That tells you that our flesh. I thought the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, 4.30 that Christ has already been made our redemption. How come the Bible says our body will be redeemed again? Because the redemption that happened, the first one happened in your spirit, man. There's another one coming for your flesh. 
So the Bible says when Jesus Christ died and resurrected, he entered the room without knocking. In those days, you will not feel hungry anymore. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get? It is a body, but it's not a body subject to corruption. That's why spirits don't grow old. That's why Jesus Christ did not grow old after he resurrected, sir. Because there is no more corruption. There's no more decay. No more wrinkle. No more waking up and your hair falling off. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? No more waking up in the morning and seeing strands of your hair on the bed. Do we get? It says our body will still be redeemed a second time. If you want to know more about this, just go and read First, First Thessalonians 4, 2 Corinthians 15. you see everything there. So see this. It now says 24, for we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? 25, but if what we do not see, we can wait for it with perseverance. With what? Perseverance. 26 now says, likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. The weaknesses comes from the fact that we are still in the flesh. Notice what he said is infirmities. So the fact that we are human beings means that there are certain infirmities that we have. But one of them is what the Bible is about to talk about here. Do we get this? He said infirmities. He now put a full stop. Then now says, but we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So there are several infirmities that man has, but just one of it is that we don't know how to pray as we ought. Let me give an example. One of the infirmities that man has is that we always we do not have strength in ourselves. By strength shall no man prevail. First Samuel 2 9. Is somebody on Samuel? One of our infirmities is 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 uh how do I put it? Spatial knowledge. Man cannot see far. Man does not know much. He does not know more than what is in his environment. You don't know what is happening back home right now. But you are here. It's an infirmity. So the Bible says we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for who? Intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. So this place where we want to uh, talk about praying in tongues, we say, ah, the spirits also affect our infirmities. When let me give you this one is gist now. When you are praying in normal tongues, the articulate tongues, Pariska, Fredenisto, Shalebrahandes, Kivradias, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's your human spirit. That's your recreated human spirit. Paul said, I will pray in the spirit. The spirit there in that verse is small s. He that prayeth in an unknown tongue, talk in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto my speaks unto God. Go and read that first Corinthians. Everything you'll be seeing there is small s, small, small s, small s. When you are praying articulate tongues, it's your recreated human spirit praying by the help of the Holy Ghost, but your mouth can still articulate it. What this place talks about is groanings. What does it mean to groan? Ah! When you are praying prayers like that, it is no more your human spirit. It's the Holy Spirit praying directly through you. And when you are praying prayers like that, it can never be for yourself. It has to be a prayer of intercession. Why? 27 says, Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he does what? Makes intercession for who? The saints according to the will of God. So, in other words, if we don't pray prayer of intercessions, maybe 90% of Christians will be deceived. And 10% will go to heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
But the Bible says that when you are praying prayers of intercession, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and you are praying, ah, yeah, 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 ah, that's what it means to groan. The Bible, read it in Amplified. Amplified said, Amplified says, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in, in our weaknesses, for we do not know what prayers to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought, but the Spirit himself goes to meet us, meet our supplication and pleads on our behalf with what unspeakable what? Yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. So when you are praying pradadias, sofradias, that articulates, that utterance, but when you are praying, ah, ah, that's not you. Make intercession for the saints. Do we get? So God is saying in the last days, we need to give ourselves to intercession. Plan it. Pray for other people. Yes, you might start out in your understanding, start out in your, in your flesh, start out praying in tongues. There will come a time the Holy Spirit will get a hold of you. And he will place a burden on you. As soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth. And then they said, is it possible for somebody to bring forth a nation in one day? Yes, it's possible when you pray. Because really, what happened? Zion brought forth the country in one day. That was Jesus. If I be lifted up. Because he was the seed. To, oh my God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, the ministry of intercession, God is saying that in the last days, just like Daniel, Daniel read it. But Daniel didn't just say, oh, 70 years, uh, it's God's will, it's written, it will happen. Daniel said, when I read it, what did I do? I went to pray. Do you get what I'm saying? We have read that God is pouring out the Spirit, but God says, the fact that you know it. <laughs> you would ask yourself, why did Jesus Christ, they came to him in, in Luke 11.1. 1. They said, Master, teach us to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. The first thing he said, our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the prayer of worship, fellowship. Then he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer of intercession. Do you understand what I'm saying? What makes you think that, it says your will be done on, on earth as it is in heaven. That means God wants to do his will on the earth, but God will not just come and come and do it because he has given the authority on the earth to man. So man has to be the one praying God into the earth. There is nothing God wants to do on the earth. Somebody has to pray it. Do we understand? Somebody has to pray. So God says, I don't want to destroy them, but I need somebody to just pray. Do we get? Oh, our, 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 our prayer will be so sweet when we know God's will, sir. Do we understand? Prayer will be said, if we know that he hears us, then we have the petitions for the things that we have what? Asked of him. 1 John 5, 14. If you pray according to God's will. So the prayer of intercession, but he said the prayer of intercession cannot be done because you heard the preaching. The prayer of intercession cannot be done because your friend prays. The prayer of intercession cannot be done from a place of wanting to impress people. The prayer of, of intercession can be only be done from a place of love. Compassion. Love for the body of Christ. Fire in your bones for the assignment of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Love is what fuels intercession because intercession is not always palatable. 
Yes, it's not always palatable. It tells on your flesh. It draws energy from you. Sometimes you have to leave your food and go and pray. Sometimes you have to seclude your friends from seclude yourself from your friends and go and pray. And even when you are groaning and shouting, no woman, no woman gives birth to a child smiling. Sometimes God wants you to pray a prayer of intercession. I put a burden on you and your mood just changes. I'm telling you. You feel literally like <laughs> your heart will be so. Jesus Christ said, He said to his disciples in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was about to die, He said, I am so sorrowful even to the point of death. That was what Jesus Christ said. Have we read that verse before? He said, I am sorrowful even to the point of death. Yes! When God needs you to pray prayers of intercession, you begin to feel two things either the way God feels, the way Jesus feels, or the way the people having the problem feel. Do we understand? So, because without that thing there, the Holy Spirit really cannot do much. Do we get? Oh my God. So, two things here. The prayer of intercession. God needs us to pray so that his move can come. He also needs us to pray, intercede, so that other Christians all over the world who have been deceived, God can find a way to help them. Do we understand? Do you know that many ministers, many ministries, and many NGOs are answered prayers of people? Thank you. First Timothy 2. It's, it's in my notes, actually. I was going to get back there. Oh, thank you. First Timothy 2. First Timothy 2 1. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayer, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and what? Reverence. So God says, first of all, remember what I told you? After the prayer of worship, after prayer, after fellowship and worship, the next thing is intercession. Do we understand? So, because if we are only limited to the prayer of faith, the, the um, prayer of request, there will come a time in your life when God would have supplied everything you need. What then would you be praying for? Because the design of God is that when you get born again, you see, your, all your prayer of request, Lord, give me bag, Lord, give me shoe, which is good. Lord, I need money. It is okay. The Bible says, ask and what you shall receive. It says, my God shall supply your needs according to his glory. So it's okay to pray, up, it's to pray prayer of request. It is biblical. But the problem is if you remain there. Because all those prayers are supposed to be a training ground. All those prayers are supposed to be a growth process. Till you point to the point where you are mature. God has supplied everything you need. But the only thing you become is a priest. You are praying for other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the end point of maturity of every Christian is priesthood and kingship. Particularly priesthood. So the Bible says Jesus Christ, Hebrews 3, when he was mature, 
he became a worthy high what high priest. So the end point of maturity is priesthood. Because what happens when God gives you a private jet, gives you a car, gives you a job, your wife is okay, your children are doing well, what else would you be praying for? You have to be on your knees. You have to be on your knees. Because those days, there's no need for God to meet, really, in that sense. What then you'll be praying, what, what your longing will be, will be fellowship. What your longing will be, God, grace, strength. And then really, you are praying for other people. You are praying for the ministry. You are praying for America. Praying for Germany. Praying for Canada. Praying for Nigeria. The Bible says you should pray for the peace of what? Jerusalem. He said to Jeremiah, he said, pray. He said, pray for the peace of the land where you are taken captive to. For their welfare. For in their welfare, your own welfare is. Let me search that scripture for you. Oh my God. Oh my, are you following what I'm saying? That scripture I just quoted to you, it was today I found it. I just did not save the reference. I said, what? Oh my God. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So the prayer of intercession and the ministry of intercession is key in the last days. When we are being persecuted, when Christians are being killed and drawn to courts, we have to be praying for each other. Paul said in Galatians 5.25, he said, brethren, pray for us. Do we understand? Oh my God. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Why do you think, look at me, look at me. The Bible says Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God, doing what? Making intercessions for us. It was what I told you before. Jesus Christ has been risen to a point. Is at the right hand of the Father. There is nothing he needs that is not at the tip of his fingertips. At the tip of his fingers. He's at the right hand of the Father. All authority has been given to him. There's no need to pray for. He does not even need to pray for grace. He is grace personified. He does not need to pray for strength. He is strength. He does not need to pray for anything. The only thing left is what? Making intercession for us at the right hand of the Father. I am saying that there comes a point in your life. All those other prayers will not be there. What will be left? So the best, why do you think that it's, it looks like when some people become rich, they forget God? It's because when they, they've always learned to pray prayer of request and Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that. So when all the needs now came, prayer started reducing. Reducing until there was no prayer. And if there's no prayer in a Christian's life, the Bible says you will faint. Luke 18, 1, and he spoke a parable unto them to the end that man always ought to pray and not to what? Faint. So if you don't pray, always, it, your fainting will not happen once, but there will come a time you will faint. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand? Why do you think people leave Nigeria, travel abroad, three years? They two are already saying, this gazing thing is not bad. Because they got there. Nepal is they bringing like, okay, there's no Nepal there. But there's light. Amenities, needs are met. Prayer started reducing. That's why you must take your prayer life and your Christianity past the level of just seeing needs and physical things. Paul said, if our hope is in this life alone, we are most miserable of all men. 
And it is intercessors that heaven rewards. Ah. Oh, do we want to get this done today? You know, I told you I didn't want to go into my notes because my notes is very short. Oh, my God. Ah, yeah, yeah. We need to be intercessors who will be on our knees and also go out to be a mediator. Prayer births intercessory activities and prayer is the fuel of intercessory activity. You know I said that what intercession births is activities. When those activities are now birthed, what will keep on fueling it is still that intercession. Do you understand what I'm saying? Exodus 17. Oh, Lord God of hosts. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron and all went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. So the activity was already going on. That's why they tell you that a church that is not praying will soon become a restaurant. A non-interceding church will soon become where people come and just come and look at clothes. Because what will make the war to keep on being won is that the hands are up. By who? Priests. Do you understand what I'm saying? I said that what bets intercessory activities. Now, I'm putting intercessory activities for you to know that it is intercessory. Let me put it. When you intercede for people, intercessory activities are the intervention of God to make the required activities happen. Let's use sin for an example again. When the children of Israel, for instance, when they were doing all those things, what would have saved them would not be that Jeremiah knelt down and prayed. That would have only just been the beginning of their saving. What would have happened, what would primarily save them is that they turn and repent. You get what I'm saying? So what God would have done was that he would have looked for somehow, some way to make them repent. Whichever way, any activity it is, it would be that they, they would repent. So there would have been an activity on the face of the earth to make them repent. But when intercessory activities go on on the earth, it could be anything, sir. It could, see, it could be anything because you cannot limit God. The Bible says they limited God in the wilderness, saying he cannot make a furniture. Do you get what I'm saying? Children of Israel, it's in your Bible, Psalms. Psalms. I think 32 or something. I can't remember. 105 verse 32. Do you understand? So you cannot limit God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, but the end point will still be that they repent because it is the person that repents that God does not what? Destroy. And they turn to our God. Are you following what I'm saying? So, the Bible says here that, so Joshua did as Moses has said and fought with Amalek. And Aaron and all went up to the top of the hill, and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when it, he let down his hand, Amalek what prevailed. Verse 12. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and all stayed, uh, stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady unto the going down of the sun. 
You get what I'm saying? That what fuels those activities is what fuels intercessory activities is intercession. Do we get? So you cannot say that we've been praying, God save Nigeria, God save Nigeria, God save Nigeria. God now gives us a very good president. God gives us a president that everybody knows that is a good president. We now stop praying. So he enters office two months prayer, two months after. We stop praying. The end will be worse than the beginning. Do we understand? So some churches started out fine. Some revivals started out fine. That, uh, let's get into the crux of the matter now. We're saying God is pointing out. Some revival. Do you know how, as what's scattered as Zusa Street Revival? Strife and racism. They told William Seymour, you are black. What's the name of that other guy? Because there were two. Church of God, something, something. I can't even remember. They said you were, you are black, sir. I can't, I can't remember. But he was a white guy. William Seymour was black. They told him he was black. Racism. That was what scattered. Do you understand what I'm saying? The moment believers stop praying, ah, the devil is jumping. You know why? Because what God said to Jeremiah, I needed somebody that first do what? Make a wall. Then bridge the gap. So when intercession stops, what happens to dep- what begins to depreciate is the wall. Hey. Are you getting what I'm saying? That wall, when intercession stops in the realm of the spirit, have you forgotten what God told what the devil told God about Job? God said, Have you considered my servant Job? He said, Ah, it's because you have made the what an edge around him. Do you get what I'm saying? So when we stop interceding, what begins to depreciate was the wall. Because when we started praying, it was first the wall that was built. So when the wall begins to depreciate, because what is prayer? Building up. Like an edifice. Are you, oh God, my God. Are you following what I'm saying to you? Do you get? So when intercession is no more there, the wall begins to depreciate and demons are at the door. They are at the door. They are at the door. The minute they can enter, they fly inside and just begin to spoil that bridge. Not by hammers, not by swords, by the minds of people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh my God. You, you, and the ministry of intercession is such that, and this is where I was going with all this. God is looking for intercessors. That's where we end the message with. What did he say? He said, I sought for who? God is seeking for people who would pray. Oh, yes, he is. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Praying always for, with all prayer and supplication. For who? The saints. Because the saints are God's priority. Notice the same thing was said in that first Timothy 2. He said, first of all, he thought that all, pray, uh, all thanksgiving, prayer, and supplication made for kings, them that are in power. What was the end point? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. The end was still that believers can live a quiet and peaceable life in what? In all godliness and honesty. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the end point is that God is looking for intercessors. 
So if all you've been doing has been, God, give me, God, give me, God, help me. Oh, Lord, bless my father, bless my mother. It's okay. I don't want you to condemn yourself. Those things are biblical. But where the problem comes in is when we refuse to grow past that what? That level. Because your end point should be an end point of a priest. Do you know that in the Old Testament, the, old, the, priests, the, the, the priests in the temple did not have to go out to go and walk? That's the end point of your Christian life. There will come a time everything you need will be sorted. But you will still remain a priest in the temple. Lift up your hands. Let's just go home. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you for tonight. Thank you for your glory in this room. Father, we thank you. Thank you for all trance. And for the revelation of your word. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, O oh God. Oh, thank you. The preceding message was brought to you by Emergence. For more information about Emergence, follow us on all social media platforms at Emergence World 